welcome everyone. The Geonopolises are actually heading back today from the beach, so we'll just pray for safe travels from them, and we'll be hearing from Mike, from Mike next week. But uh, this week we'll be resuming our uh, sermon series, Victorious, which is a, a series about um, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. And so, you know, I, and I mentioned this last week when we were talking about the shield of faith. This was one of those things for me, honestly, you know, I, I started going to church in middle school, learned about the armor of God in Sunday school. So to be honest with you guys, this was one of those things where I was like, is there anything new to talk about about the armor of God? Like, you know, what, what is, you know, I, I kind of know about the armor of God. But I've sat in Ephesians chapter 6 in, in my times with the Lord and in my personal studies as we've been doing this sermon series. And it's been, and, and it has really opened my eyes to some new stuff. And one of the new things that I've been doing with the armor of God is something that I've, I thought it'd be fun for us all to, to do this morning. And it's, a, it's something a little different we don't normally do um, in our Re3 worship services. Um, but I wanted to kind of go through a guided prayer with you guys. And it's, it's something I've been doing with the armor of God, and it's using the armor of God as a way to kind of, pr- as to kind of guide my prayers with the Lord. And so uh, all I'm going to do is I'm going to be up here, and I'm going to read through Ephesians uh, chapter 6, uh, and I'm going to start in verse 14. And I'm going to read through the armor of God, and as I get to a piece of the armor of God, I'm going to stop, and I'm just going to give you guys some, some suggestions, some prompts. And, and we're going to pause for 10 seconds, you know, not, not long, but give you guys a chance just to kind of, between you and the Lord, silently pray, and then we'll move on to the next piece of armor. You know, I'll, I'll give you guys some suggestions, you know, and we'll pause for 10 seconds and let you pray, and then we'll move on. And, and, and we're just going to do this um, and see how it goes. Like I said, we don't normally do this in our re 3 services, but it's something that I've been doing with the armor of God personally, and it's been very impactful for me, so I, I hope that, that you all enjoy it. So um, join me in prayer. I'm going to go ahead and, and start reading in uh, I'm going to start reading verse 13, actually. So in, in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And so what I would encourage you guys to do right now is just... Um, Thank God for the truths that you know in your life right now. You know, whatever situation you're in right now, whatever circumstance you're in, just thank God for his promises that you know are true right now and thank him for what you know is happening right now. And with the breastplate of righteousness in place. This would be a good pla- good time to just thank Jesus for the exchange he made on the cross. Thank him for literally exchanging your sin for his righteousness. And 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 and, and maybe even ask the Holy Spirit to to work in you and change you to be a better reflection of the work that Jesus did on the cross. and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Here, I would just thank Jesus that his 
yoke is easy and his burden is light. And, and maybe even invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you what pressures or burdens or expectations maybe are, that you feel that are on you right now that he didn't put on you. And ask him to remove those for you so you can feel the peace of his gospel. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Here, I would just ask the Holy Spirit to show you, you know, are there any lies that you're believing right now? Are there, is there anything that your faith is in that is not being productive or serving you or his kingdom? And ask the Lord to increase your faith, to give you more to believe in him. Take the helmet of salvation. I would maybe thank Jesus for, for our salvation in him. And just ask that he would just show us how he is saving us every day. Show us all the things that he has saved us from and give us a, a greater awareness of what he's saved us from. the sword of the spirit which is the word of God thank the Holy Spirit for his presence in your life and ask him to give you a better awareness of, of his constant work in your life daily of how he's helping you out how he's comforting you how he's teaching you how he is providing you with all the wisdom and power and strength you need to do what the Lord is asking you to do Collectively, Lord, we just thank you that you armor us with your presence. You armor us with your love. That in your word, it says that you ready our hands for battle. And I thank you, Lord, that, that you fight differently than we do, and we invite you to teach us how. And we love you, Lord. I just pray that <coughs> I would articulate what you've given me to articulate well this morning. I thank you that, that I'm not the one who's teaching. You're the one who's teaching. I'm not the one who convicts of sin. You convict of sin. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that, that, that I, would just, I would say the things that you could grab a hold of for people and, and that you would teach them what you want them to know. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So yeah, so I thought I'd try. I hope I hope that was good for you. I hope you enjoyed that.
I'm hoping that the, the Lord spoke some things to you during that. So if you were here last week or you, or you watched the recording, last week we talked about the shield of faith. And, I, and, and if you've been kind of watching the series, you'll find that these, these pieces of armor kind of build on each other. And so last week we talked about the shield of faith and how our faith is intended to be this defense and protection for us. But, it ha- but our faith has to be in truth. Our faith has to be in Jesus. And if our faith is in truth and our faith is in Jesus, then it, def- and it, then it protects us and it's this great defense for us. Especially if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and that's, you know, regardless of wherever we're at, we're taking ground, we're advancing the kingdom. You know, we're going to be taking, you know, shots are going to be taken at us. Flaming arrows are going to be coming at us. And so the, the idea is that our faith would be so solid in truth that it would um, defend us from those flaming arrows. But alternatively, if our faith is in lies, our faith is not in Jesus, then our faith is actually the opposite. Our faith is not a shield. It's a target and can actually attract harm and can actually attract um, difficulty to us. And then we also talked about how, you know, we can actually, we can always ask for more faith. You know, that, that, that the Lord actually gives us our faith. And because of that, if we, as long as we have enough faith to ask for more, we'll always have enough. And so something I was thinking about as I was writing this sermon is, and something I didn't really mention last week, is that, you know, our, our faith being a shield or not being a shield is, is, it's not like a black and white thing. You know, it's not like my faith is completely a shield in every area of my life or my faith is a target in every area of my life. There may be some areas in your life that you're believing rightly and your faith is solid and you have a shield in that area of your life. And there may be, may be other areas of your life where maybe you're believing wrongly about some things and you don't have a shield. And the thing about God is he cares much more about our character than our comfort. And he will intentionally lead us into areas of our life where we're not believing rightly and we have a target and not a shield just so we have to deal with these things. That is the heart of God for us. And so I, wanted to, I want us to keep that in mind as we move into um, this next message about, you know, what is the helmet of salvation? You know, wh- what is the purpose of the helmet of salvation, and, and what role does that play? And, and the simple answer is we have the helmet of salvation for the stuff that gets past our shield. And so I say that because, you know, if any of you have played football or watched football, you're familiar with the term of getting your bell rung. <laughs> and so, or maybe some of you have actually played football and you've gotten your bell rung or you've seen it and you see, you know, the, the player on the ground and they've just gotten laid out. And they, they, they get up and they're walking to the wrong huddle because they're still, like, disoriented and dizzy from getting hit. <laughs> and, and it's a real thing. And so... There's this, it's the, definitely an idea of we're in this fight, and if the Lord is, in, is bringing us into a fight that he wants to work on us in, we're going to get our bell rung. And in the words of the Reverend Mike Tyson, everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And, I, and, and even actually, even this week, I was thinking about when I was living in Georgia, I was working for Adventures and Missions, and I was doing the IT there, but I was also leading debriefs, and I was still doing quite a bit of traveling, even though I was based out of, out of Georgia, living, working at Adventures and Missions. And fortunately, whenever I was abroad and, and 
third world countries, usually my size was enough to deter most violent situations in those areas. But I wanted to be prepared. So um, this guy that, that you know, was in our community, he was a black belt in Kenpo. And so he agreed to kind of teach some of us some self-defense techniques and teach some of us how to fight. And so once a week we would go and we would meet and he would teach us some stuff. And we would always end each lesson um, he would just pull the sparring gear out, and we'd, we'd get the pads on, and we would just spar. And he would always tell us, he'd say, don't worry about form, don't worry about technique. The main purpose of this exercise is to get you used to getting hit. It's just, it's just to get you used to getting punched in the face. That's really it. Because it's, it's absolutely true. You, you can go into a fight, if, you know, and this, I guess, is this taboo to talk about this in a sermon? If you get into a fight and you go and you may have a, a plan, you may have a plan of like, okay, this isn't what I need to do, this is how I need to do, and then you get punched in the face and there is something that happens where then all of a sudden you're just, and you, you're, you're, instincts again, you're, you're instinctually you're not a good fighter. And so that's absolutely true. There's something to getting used to getting punched in the face so that you don't drop your plan. And the reason I was thinking about this week is because this week I absolutely got punched in the face. Figuratively, not literally. I absolutely got punched in the face. And we, um, on Monday, I, um, our, our, at work, our largest client, we, we had this big, this big audit that was happening in the week, and there was like one last project that needed to happen to put us in a good position so that we would, we would weather well in this audit. And due to some miscommunication, that project didn't happen. And so... I was just stressed at the gills, and I was, you know, I was so worried that they were going to be mad at us, and it wasn't going to look, it, it wasn't going to reflect well on us, and I was just stressed out for like three days, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was just stressed out so much, and for some reason, and I'm standing here, I'm standing here, you know, being transparent with you guys, for some reason, it took me until Thursday morning to finally sit down with the Lord and ask Him for help in that and to unload my anxiety, and to unload my stress on him. And I'm not going to tell you that it was, a, it was a switch that got flipped, and that, you know, everything was fine, but it began to get better. And I, and, and, and I began to get in a much better place. And, but what happened was, I got punched in the face, I lost my senses, I wasn't thinking clearly, and it took me three days of being stressed to the max to all of a sudden realize, but what I'm doing is completely stupid. <laughs> and I, ne- and I need to, to, to get back together again. So the same thing is true. We, we, we laugh about this quote by Mike Tyson about in real fights, if you get hit in the face, you, know, you, you start to act irrationally and, you, and your plan goes out the window. But the same exact thing happens to us in the spirit. We, 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 get, we get ransacked and we, and we get thrown off our game and we do things we know we shouldn't be doing, and we, we respond the ways we know we shouldn't respond to, even, you know, because we've just been punched in the face. And we talked last week about how, you know, we're in this struggle, and we were made for the struggle, so it shouldn't surprise us when it happens. That's the point of the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation is there so that when things get past the shield and we get our bells rung, this, the Holy Spirit can be there to show us what's going on. So let's talk a, a minute about salvation. Just, just so we're all on the same page about salvation. Because you know, I know um, salvation is discussed a lot. So salvation happens when we, you know, Scripture says when we, bel- when we s- confess with our mouth 
and believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord. And we put our faith, there's, there's faith in we put our faith in the work that Jesus did on the cross to exchange our sin for his righteousness. That's, what, that, that, that's, that's the work of salvation. And, with, and, and when we do that, Paul says that we get the down payment of the Holy Spirit. He actually talk, he talks about the Holy Spirit as a down payment or a guarantee of heaven. That, yes, we have access to heaven, and the Holy Spirit living inside of us is our down payment that not only will we be in heaven when we die, but we actually have access to heaven now. And so what the purpose is, though, is the Holy Spirit isn't just there to, to tell us about heaven. The Holy Spirit is there to do the work of salvation in our lives, throughout our lives. A, a, a lot of people don't think about this, but salvation is not an event. You know, salvation is not, you know, you go to the altar, you get on your knees and you pray the prayer and then boom, you're saved. Kind of the same thing as, you know, when you get married, you don't, sta- you know, you don't stand there on your wedding day and say yes, and then you don't say yes again for the rest of your life. You, you get saved, you pray the prayer, you commit your faith, and then the next day you do it again. And then the next day, you do it again. You commit your faith again and again and again. I'm not saved. I'm being saved every day. And what the Holy Spirit inside of us is doing is the Holy Spirit is are looking at the things that are, are ringing our bell, are getting past the shield of faith, and they're hitting us. And the Holy Spirit is there to whisper to our hearts that we were created for more than this. The Holy Spirit is there as the down payment of heaven to reveal to our hearts that this is not what heaven looks like. They're, they're, the Holy Spirit is the one there saying, mm, this, is, this doesn't feel right. It's the one whispering to you, I know you're doing this, and you feel empty afterwards, and you shouldn't feel empty afterwards. I know you're doing this, and you feel like you have to look over your shoulder because you're doing it in secret, and you're ashamed of it, and you shouldn't have to do that. I know your, your lunch is getting eaten by anxiety and fear and stress, and that's not in heaven. Those things in your life don't belong in heaven, and they don't belong in you because you are worthy of heaven. That's the role of the Holy Spirit in the helmet of salvation. That's the work of salvation in our lives is is that voice whispering to us, creating discontentment with things that we used to be content with. We read the stories in the Gospels about these people who had no idea who Jesus was, even though he was working miracles and preaching all these things, and they had no idea that he was the Messiah and that he was their God. And it's easy for us in hindsight to judge those people by how could you not know who Jesus is? But how would they know? They had no context up to that point. They had no context of what heaven was like. They had no context of what God was like. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why we needed a Savior and a Messiah. And the same is true for us. We have no context of what the kingdom of heaven is like outside of what we've read in the Bible and outside of what the Holy Spirit whispers to our hearts. The Holy Spirit and the process of salvation is the process of preparing us for heaven now. So this week, as I was just 
getting wrecked by anxiety, the Holy Spirit was there the entire time telling me that this is not how I'm meant to live. I wasn't created to live this way. I wasn't created to live tired and, and reactive and, and angsty and full of stress. And it took me about three days to, to finally you know, relent to him and to repent and to, and to ask the Lord for help. And he did. He was there to help me. Something we don't think about is that the work of salvation is the Lord's alone. The work of salvation is the work of the work of salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, I'm 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 here preaching and Mike comes and he preaches and 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 and, and we our hope is that we would say something that the Holy Spirit in your life would grab a hold of to and highlight to you and show you to apply to your life. But but my teaching, Mike's teaching, isn't going to save you. It, it isn't going to do a work in you. It's the work of the Holy Spirit that's going to show you what's happening in your life and what you need to apply. That, like, there's, a, there's a verse in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 13, where, where Isaiah's prophesying to the nation of Israel what's, what's coming. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit, even though he doesn't know he is. But he says, all your children will be taught by the Lord, and, gr- and great will be their peace. The greatest thing that we could ever hope for is to be discipled directly by the Lord. Read the Bible. Read the Word of God. But it's the Holy Spirit who takes the things that you read and grabs them and and pulls them in and highlights to you that there's something there that you need, that that he wants to teach you and work in you. Some act of salvation in that verse that you're reading. Listen to sermons, listen to podcasts, but it's the Holy Spirit who grabs a hold of things and pulls them into you and shows you that they're what he wants you to learn and that he wants you to apply to your life. And it's when we choose things that maybe are uncomfortable or unfamiliar or difficult or when things are, are, are unsatisfactory or, or discontentment that used to not be there. That's the work of the Holy Spirit saving you and preparing you for heaven. That's the, that's the daily work of salvation happening every day. Because the Lord has led you somewhere new, somewhere where your faith isn't quite developed yet and you don't have that shield and you just got an arrow to the head and you got your bell rung and the Holy Spirit is showing you, this is what I want to work on in you. And he's showing you that there's things in your life that, that, that you don't deserve because you deserve heaven. So I, I don't have a lot to talk about today because, frankly, this is one of those things I feel like the Lord needs to show. And, I, and, and these are the, just some thoughts I had written down. But I, I, I want to um, leave you with some questions, um, and we'll, we'll close in prayer, and we'll, we'll, we'll call it a day early. Um, what's ringing your bell this morning? What's, what's punching you in the face and taking you off your, off your, your game? What's making it past your shield, and why? Like, what, what, what are you believing so that you don't, so that it's getting past your shield in the first place? Have you embraced that salvation is a process and not an event? Have you have you have you truly embraced that? That salvation is not just a one-time event, but it's a it's a process that we're meant to be saved every day. Have you embraced that not only is it possible, but it's the best thing 
for you for you to be discipled directly by the Holy Spirit and not to rely simply on, you know, good teaching or, or, you know, podcasts to disciple you, but to rely on the Holy Spirit to use those things to disciple you. But the, the discipleship itself comes from the Holy Spirit himself inside of you to prepare you for heaven. So, Lord, we just thank you that you are constantly at work inside of us to love us, to prepare us for heaven, to give us access to heaven, to show us what it's like. Help us to not ignore your whisper of the great things that you have for us and the low things that we settle for that you want us to let go of. Make us discontent for the things that we used to be content for. Make the things that that were once acceptable unacceptable so that you can call us higher and that we can step into other situations that we used to not be able to step foot in before because we would have gotten too harmed. Thank you for Jesus for your sacrifice on the cross and for sending the Holy Spirit to be our helper and to be our teacher and to be our comforter. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So.